0: Well, the name Gary Brooker may not be familiar to you, but you'll probably recognize his biggest hit. Released in 1967, Procol Harams, A Whiter Shade of Pale has sold more than 10 million copies worldwide. It was actually reported as being the most played song in the last 75 years in public places in Britain, which is pretty amazing. Now, Brooker, who wrote the song, passed away earlier this week at the age of 76, but he leaves behind perhaps one of the defining records of the 1960s. And Joining me now to talk about it is Sean Perry, publisher and founder of VintageRock.com. He speaks to me from Nashville welcome to the show tonight.
1: Hi Ben, thanks for having me.
0: I mean I, I think can think of a few songs that that remind me more and I wasn't there for this, but my father talks very affectionately of a whiter shade of pale. Mm-hmm. But the song has has a particularly uh strong legacy, does it not?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, I think it's one of those songs that defi- that define the summer of love 1967. Uh, I know John Lennon was very fond of the song. Um, uh, you know, I, I mean, everybody was listening to it at the time, uh, nonstop. That I mean, I'm, I'm, I wasn't old enough to really appreciate it back then. But um, I mean, just knowing about the song now and knowing how, I mean, I think I read somewhere where everybody in the UK has a copy or something, or most one out of every five people or something like that That and the dark side of the moon, right?
0: (laughs) (laughs) So looking back at that era, the one thing that always struck me, especially if if you weren't, you know, if if you're listening to it in retrospect is that it doesn't sound like much else or anything else really of the era. What made it, what made it um, unique and, and how, how did it manage to achieve success when it really was an outlier?
1: Well, I think, you know, it's, it's based on a, on a Bach chord progression. So it has that kind of classical, sound to it that i don't think anybody was really doing i mean the beatles of course kind of dabbled with that and and the moody blues and there was a few others but i think you know that that sound that kind of classical it, it was sort of exotic i think it was different for for pop music for sure and I think that resonated, and and again, that that contributed to to the times, you know, that that whole summer of love, that whole vibe, you know, incense and peppermint and and good vibes, and, yeah. and everything was groovy, and, and just sort of, you know, it was sort of a soundtrack to that era, I would say. So a little
0: bit of nostalgia thrown into the uh, to the quality there as well, which always helps.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, but you know, it does have that that classical side to it as well. You know, and I've I've spoken to other musicians, uh, you know, guys like in Jethro Tull and stuff, who are heavily influenced by classical music. Guys, remember, so like in Palmer, and it's it's of a European thing, uh, the classical music. So I I I would think that it probably had a, a bigger impact over in Europe and and in Britain at the time, maybe than it did here in the states. Um, But, you know, I know it it was certainly a hit over here as well and, and Canada as well, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, yeah, a, a big one. I, I, I mean, maybe not as, maybe not as, not as long lasting, uh, in terms of its impact, but certainly a song that has survived the test of time, uh, and is one of those iconic sixties tracks. Um, uh, mm-hmm. you've, you've spoken to Gary Brooker, uh, many, a few times, at least, uh, what was his yeah. take on his own creation and how did it sh- end up shaping his career? Because there is both the, the blessing and the curse of writing a song like A Whiter Shade of Pale.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, it was it was hard to top that particular song, although I think Procol Harum, you know, has a has an excellent catalog of of other songs. Um, but, you know, when I did speak to him, uh, you know, we talked about the fact, uh, you know, I we talked about how John, much John Lennon liked it. And he said that. He uh, actually bumped into John Lennon on the road and got into the limousine with uh, John's um, Rolls Royce, I guess, psychedelic Rolls Royce at the time. And they drank champagne and listened to Whiter Shade of Pale. Wow. And, (laughs) you know, I mean, a lot of people like to think of John Lennon as sort of the barometer of coolness back in those days. So, um, you know, I think that that right there kind of tells you the impact. Um, and of course, you know, Gary, he worked with George Harrison. So he was, he was involved with the Beatles, I, his early group, the Paramounts that he had before Procol Harum. they actually played shows with the Beatles and he talked about that as well with me, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think it, he was just, um, he was stunned really by how popular that song was at the time. And I think he's, he still was, you know, right up until, uh, the last few days of his life. Um, <laughs> You know, yeah, it's. I'm speaking
0: with Sean Perry, publisher and founder of vintage We're talking about the passing of Gary Brooker of Procol Harum, of course, best known for their huge hit, A Whiter Shade of Pale. Uh, but but also for, I mean, I think a lot of people may have lost track of the fact that this was a band that continued recording for a very, very long time. In fact, when you last spoke to Gary, I guess back in the late last decade, they were they had just put out a new record.
1: Yeah, they had it they had they came out with a new album in 2017. I think it was the first album they'd done in 10 years called Novum. Um Gary was the only original member standing. Um but you know, very much uh had that Procol Harum sound. Of course he was singing all the vocals and playing the keyboards. Um and there was a second um organ player which you know, that was pretty unique uh to Procol Harum configuration they had both an organ player and then Gary on piano um, and yeah I mean it's a fantastic sounding record and and he was he they were playing some shows at the time and uh, I you know I think they'd played some dates out on the East Coast and at the time I was living in California and I kind of said well hey you got you to come out to California unfortunately they never made it. So I did see Gary Brooker actually play with uh, Ringo Starr in the late 90s, but I never saw him play with Procol Harum, unfortunately. So when you look back at, at uh, sort of the
0: history of the song and, and from your perspective, because you know this stuff inside out, but from the history of the song, the history of the band, wh- how do you describe the band's place in vintage rock history?
1: Well, you know, it's funny when I when I spoke to Gary, I, I mentioned the fact how big how much of an impact this band has had on progressive rock, which is something I, I personally have is one of my favorite types of music. And I'm, I'm talking about bands like yes. And Genesis and Emerson, and Lake and Palmer, and Jethro mm-hmm. Tull, And I've interviewed a lot of those guys. And I, I said, you know, yeah, you guys were kind of the, um, the, the, you know, the architects of, of what became progressive rock, you and the Beatles really, and Pink Floyd. Um, and, you know, he, he, he acknowledged that. Um, I think, you know, really, again, the whole European side of things, unfortunately, has been a problem for some bands that want to get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, mm-hmm. I've talked to Ian Anderson of Jethro Toll, for example, and he thinks that it's mostly because of Jethro Tull the reason they're not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is because they have that European sound, which doesn't lend itself to the American roots that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame se- seems to focus on. And that may be the same problem for Procol Harum in getting into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I do believe uh, Wider Shade of Pale won a Grammy um, a couple of years ago. You'd have to go back and look at that. And it, it may the song itself may have well been um inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame but you know again procol Harum did so much more you know conquistador was a big hit for them uh in the 70s um and then if you you know shine on brightly is a great album that they did um, I mean so that there's there's just they, they came out with this great box set at, at the time that they came out with Novum in um, 2017 they also came out with a really nice box set of, of both video it had and DVDs tons of live stuff um, just very comprehensive so there's just so much great music from that band there really is.
0: Yeah, I mean, just looking, quickly looking it up. So Rolling Stone magazine placed it 57th on its list of 500 greatest songs of all time. Um, 2009, it was reported as the most played song in the last 75 years in public places in the UK. So you were wow. <laughs> certainly right about the UK. And it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame in, uh, in 1998. So the song, yeah, you're right, yeah. Yeah, the song had a lot more accolades, I guess, than the band did, which is always yes. the problem, I guess, with writing a great song.
1: Yeah, and, that, you know, that's happened to a few artists over, over the years. You know, I guess they call them one-hit wonders, although I, I certainly wouldn't call Procol Harum a one-hit wonder. Um, but, but you know, I, I think when it all comes right down to it, that song is what the band and what Gary will be remembered for. Sean Perry, thanks so much for your
0: time. I appreciate your insight into uh, into the life and times of Procol Harum and, uh, and the band.
1: Ben, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me on.